I realize more and more each day how blessed I am. It's fun to reflect and brainstorm ideas with my parents. Listen in as we talk about making the most of moments through intentionality with experiences and conversations. You turned me on to the greatest first zoo trip ever. No costs, no crowds, and no cargo needed. Do you remember where that location is, Mom? Well, I can only imagine that you're talking about the pet store. <laughs> I know you're not a pet person, so it shocked me and surprised me, but how did you come up with that field trip, zoo trip for my little guy? Well, we're kind of gotten into a habit of coming out to do a field trip almost every day. We would do something different and each day it was a different experience. And one day we were coming from one place and and I looked up and saw the pet store and I thought, oh, I'll take him there tomorrow. And one day we walked in and we just looked at the puppies. The next day it was just fish. The next time it was a different, each time it was a different animal or different, looking at something different. So that took a few time, few trips. <laughs> and again, no cost and no crowds and you didn't have to pack the stroller and all the cargo and the gear. In my mind, a perfect example of how you weave together those memory making moments and also you're doing it in a way that's inexpensive and cost savings. It would be pretty pricey to go out to the zoo that many times when he was that young and only look at one animal the whole time. But from my own experiences growing up, your suggestions and your outings that I've heard about and been on with Little Man, I have gained great and some inexpensive experiences. What are some other local outings and experiences that you would recommend that families can do? Well, you can always take a trip to the library and that's free. You can visit the museums. There's some that are free and some that you have to pay. You have to plan and save your money to go to because they're you do have to pay for them. You can do, um, we often went to the pond to watch the ducks and the fish. You could see the fish jumping up and, and down out of the water. And we would see the turtles sitting on the side taking a sun bath. <laughs> so those are some of the, or you could go to the park. Countless, countless sidewalk chalk, riding bikes, flying kites, bubbles, aquariums, petting zoos, drive-in movie, circus, the whole range of experiences and opportunities, some that cost, some that don't, some indoor, some outdoor. I think, I guess, when I hear what you're saying and think about what you do, it's just being intentional and thinking about different outings and experiences and what could we do. One experience Little Man has still is um, throwing a ball in my house. <laughs> and to see the reactions from you guys as you grew up and could not throw a ball in the house. Because something changes. When people have grandkids, it's rules that used to be rules that were non-negotiable all of a sudden change. That has been interesting to see. <laughs> one of, I think, the one of the games that he played last year that he had more fun than anything in the world was the bag full of snowballs that we that I caught on sale at the end of summer, end of winter. And even though Christmas was gone, he just had balls of fun with those snowballs, throwing them in the house, playing 
knock down with snowball, with the snowballs. It's the simple things. And if you can't catch them on sale or if you don't see them, you could use cotton balls or a towel or something. Again, things that are just simple, but you've been very intentional and mindful and thought about how can I turn this into a fun experience. I know one that I'm thinking about, it's been fun watching my husband and my little guy and his building skills improve just with the the hardware kit, the, the hardware store has these little kits and he gets to build with it, enjoy creating all kinds of things. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be extremely time consuming, but lots of little things can be turned into great memory making moments. I know, talk about the grocery store. The grocery store has turned into educational experiences many times and easily. How can someone do that? Turn a grocery store outing into an educational experience. Well, as you walk through the grocery store, you're walking past all these colorful fruits and vegetables and uh, Sometimes they may not know where these things come from or where they, how they grow. You can get a potato and say, this grows under the earth. You can get an apple and say, this grows on a tree. You have to pick it from a tree. Grapes are on a vine, you pull them from the vine. And you have, once again, you have many different colors, many different shapes, many different sizes. Um, just a whole gamut of education. Well, just a matter of being intentional as you move through the day with the little ones that you love and care for. I was thinking about this, the, the Texas snowmageddon, good or bad, you have opportunities for great positive memory-making experiences. Now that snowmageddon, we had the extreme cold, we had the power outages. It wasn't, and it wasn't the most pleasant if you stay stuck in just that, but I took a page from your book and popped a tent up in the middle of our bedroom as we had to layer up and try and stay warm and get creative and find new and exciting ways, even in the midst of what wasn't the most desirable situation at the moment, but just be intentional about teachable moments, fun memories and experiences. And you've done that so well throughout life. I know thinking about growing up, work travel for dad will turn into a time for us to play. While he worked, as he was traveling, we'd end up driving and road tripping and seeing all kinds of new places and getting to see family. What did that look like? Um, it was, as you said, it was, he worked and we played. We got membership, got a membership to the Zoological Society. And, we went to different states and different cities and we went to different zoos and we tried to see how many we could hit before you guys were 18 and we hit quite a few. And that was once you pay your membership, you can get into any of them for free. Well, you've already paid for it. But you make that a, a memorable thing where you pack your little, your little lunch and have a picnic there while you're there and you enjoy the time and you don't have to go and try to see the whole zoo at the same at at that one setting you could go to different sections on different days especially the local one uh, we would always every we, we want memory things to carry on for days and years and weeks and for life uh, one was a spoon rack so every different state we went through we found a spoon with that state on it and we bought the little shot glasses with the state on it we bought the little bales with and we ended up with four four different things so now each one of the kids will have their own memory rack with the 
whichever, whatever they pick, the spoons, the cups, the glasses, the magnets, the magnets that uh, we have. And the, those are some fun things you can do. Making that, that memory, there was something actual physical. I remember after the trips coming back, we had those little things that from the trip and from the state, being able to look back and reminisce and talk about those memories there. Then of course, going back to see family was a significant part of that. The summer trips and Christmas trips would often find us in North Carolina, connecting and visiting with family that we didn't typically see on as, as regular as a basis, but we did see them on a regular basis because those trips made it a priority for us. Right, and sometimes we would take those trips as uh, educational trips as well because we were so close to D.C. that we would go to D.C. and visit some of the monuments and uh, different sites there to see. So wherever we went, we tried to expose you to different educational things as well as let it be a fun time. And it was fun time in North Carolina because we could go down to the beach and my brother would take you guys fishing, uh, night fishing, deep sea fishing, just fun time, fun things. Or we would come, and then we'd come back and have a big fish fry in the yard with my parents and all of my aunts and uncles. I mean, all of their aunts and uncles. And that would just be another memory made for you guys. That could look different for different families. It could be local around your area. They can create great memories that way. It could be traveling and going other places as well. For some, it might be people come to visit. For some, it might be you are traveling somewhere. Others might, you come to visit the little ones. Others, you might bring the little ones back with you to a new place. But even our traveling has changed as we've gotten older now. What do vacations look like with all your kids grown up? It looks very different because you get to pack your own suitcase and <laughs> your kids' suitcases and you get to go and get whatever you don't have to put in that suitcase. And I don't have to try well, to figure that out for you. To do. <laughs> but we do try to make sure that we look for places that are uh, not, not as, uh, that it won't cost us so much that we can't afford to do it. And we try not to leave anybody behind. If somebody can't make it, we try to all pitch together and help them to get there uh, and get like she said, with the kids, with the grandkids, we have uh, two grandkids and one we don't see as often because they, because he doesn't live here. So we take all of his rewards to him on whatever occasion we have. And sometimes we'll mail, but that'll eat up my savings that I've saved buying little things for him. But it, it's sometimes necessary. Intentionality in the memory makings, intentionality in those moments together, while also thinking about cost savings in the in, in the whole process. Well, as we wrap up, let's think about those building blocks. If you're planning maybe outings or special activities, how can you involve the little ones in picking them? Well, you um, involve them by saying, what would you like to do today? Here are the options, and you lay out the options and allow them to uh, choose which ones they want to do first and what they would like to do uh, around the holiday season. It's always fun. You can take them on a just a little journey through the neighborhood just to see the lights. And I know in Texas they have these places that you can drive through and see the lights, and it costs to go in and 
there's a family, you can stand in the gap for another family by saying, okay, it's $20 a carload, and let me give you $20. Please take your kids to see the lights or enjoy the event or whatever it is, whether it's a drive-in movie or whatever, but involve others. You, you touched on several of those things already, the close, the, in the standing in the gap and the finding deals as we close out this episode here. Any final thoughts you have? Um, I, another thing that we could stand in the gap for someone that could do nothing back for you is if there's five kids or three kids or three kids, you go whatever place you want to and get uh, a gift card for each one individually and allow them to go and order a kid's meal and pay for their own and see what they have left and how to and teach them how to wisely spend their money their little card with their money on it we'll join us next time for more practical and applicable tips so you have a tennis background tell us a little about that well, in my high school years, I played tennis, part uh, of a high school tennis team, lettered in tennis, and really spent a lot of time on the tennis court. In fact, your mom and I had our first date on the tennis court. It's great, July 4th, 1972. Uh, tennis creates a platform for a lot of positive things to happen. Let me, let me mention a few. One, you develop physical capacity in a number of parts of your body. It creates the capacity to build social networks and relationships. If you're outside, it fosters the opportunity to develop vitamin D in the body. It causes the brain to release endorphins if you're physically involved, so it helps build better cognition, critical thinking. Tennis is a great sport to be engaged in. Well, as you know, our little guy has taken a liking to tennis, so it's not uncommon to find us on a Saturday morning gathering tennis balls for him at the court. Our audience will soon make the connection to why we started by talking about tennis as an introduction to this topic. When you mentioned the idea of serve and return, it was intriguing. Even though we've been talking about the sport of tennis, we're going to now transition to use this phrase, serve and return, to talk about a great way to engage with the important young people in our lives. Tell us more about the concept of serve and return. Serve and return is a concept that's used often to talk about child development because it helps convey some very important factors in the healthy development of a child's brain. Uh, serve and return interactions between a child and the caregiver are crucial in the development of healthy and strong brain architecture. Uh, neural connections are built when an adult responds appropriately to the gesture or cries of a child. These connections are foundational for the development of social and communication skills in children. Serve and return works like a game in which an interaction develops between a child and an adult, resulting in strong neural connections. First, the child serves as the eye contact, the gesture, or cry, or facial expression. A responsive caregiver will return by actively interacting with the child by paying his full attention and response. These serve and return interactions help children learn skills, develop emotions, cope with stress, and control behavior. So there's a give and take that occurs between a parent, parent or a caregiver and the child that's very, very important. Mm. How does this aid in brain development? Well, it's fascinating. It's each time a child serves, Someone with a gesture or smile and gets returned in the form of an engaging response, a new neuronal pathway is formed. These connections help them build the brain architecture and form the basis for future development. So that's a return. Every, every engagement builds a new neural connection. 
Wow. Sounds important in so many ways in development for the child relationships and appropriate interactions, but also those brain pathways. What might this type of an interaction sound like? Well, it's interesting because there are five steps to brain building serve and return. The first thing is you notice the serve. If the child is looking or pointing at something, making a sound or facial expression, moving those little arms and legs, that's a serve. So a person has to first of all learn to notice the serve. The key is to pay attention to what the child is focused on. And that means you have to be attentive. That means you have to be willing to take your attention off something else. Because when you notice these serves, you learn a lot about a child's abilities, interests, and needs. And you'll also encourage them every time you respond to their serve. The second thing is to return by a proper response. How do you return? You can offer children a comfort with a hug, gentle words, help with them, play with them, or acknowledge them. You can make a sound or facial expression like saying, I see, or smiling or nodding. All those things are an appropriate response to a, a serve by a child. You see, when you do that, that you, when you do that, you encourage your child's interest and curiosity. Never returning a serve can be stressful. What you need to understand is if we don't return, a child stops serving. Then the next response is you give it a name. When you return a serve by naming what a child is seeing, doing, or feeling, you make, make important language connections in their brain. Even before a child can talk or understand words, you can name anything, a person, a thing, an action, a feeling, or combination. If your child points to their feet, you can also point to them and say, yes, that's, those are your feet. They pull in the ear, yes, that's your ear. They point to the nose, yes, that's the nose. Those, you, those are all opportunities to name things and you help a child develop language connections in that process. Next step of the process is you watch and wait for a child's response and keep interacting. Every time you return a serve, give the child a chance to respond. Taking turns can be quick. It can go on back and forth for many, many turns. And you let the child decide when to end. So you begin to practice endings and beginnings. Children often signal when they're done. They might let go of a toy, pick up a new one, try to look at something else, or they may walk away. When you find a moment to take the, the child take the lead, you support them in spoiling the world and make more server return interactions possible. So a server return is an important way to form connections between a child and an adult. Many times children who are not having responsible adults, they don't learn to interact with other people on a healthy basis. So important life skill, even beyond these crucial formative years of life. Well, let's share our practical and applicable ways to grow brains as we wrap up this time together. What is a brain-friendly food? Vitamin E is a very important brain-friendly food. You can find it in curry, asparagus, avocados, walnuts, peanuts, olives, and olive oil. It's essential helps neuron activity and prevents oxidation of neuron membranes. So again, remember neurons are nerve cells. Those are the cells that transmit thoughts from one cell to another. Vitamin E is a big, big important part of helping that process. As we've learned today about hearing on conversation with the child, what is a great phrase that we could use to engage in those conversations? Well, one of the things that help children understand the importance of being able to acknowledge other people, you can say to them to have a friend, you have to be a friend. If you want people to reach out to you, you have to reach out to them. 
have a friend who wrote a book entitled, If Nobody Loves You, Create the Demand. Let's model that for our children by actively practicing serve in return as a part of our relationship with them. All right. For our fun activity, I think it would be only fitting to keep with the way that we started our lesson to close out by suggesting our listeners give tennis a try. Any closing thoughts? Tennis is a lifelong sport. Provides many advantages and benefits for players of all ages, even people like me. It helps maintain overall health. Helps with mental psychological health. And it's a great sport to consider build relationships. So I would encourage people to, if you've not played tennis before, take it up. If you've not, if you play tennis before, pick it back up. Well, join us next time for more information and brain building blogs. follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Stay connected with Let's Build Their Brain via Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Let's Build Their Brain Pod and on Twitter at Build Their Brain. Thank you for checking back with us each Monday for a new episode. We hope you leave each podcast with practical and applicable suggestions to aid your endeavor of building the brains of the ones you love. Until next time, let's build their brain. Mm-hmm.